Welcome to Sister Stories, curious investigation of the lives of amazing women of the world. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. Today's sister story is Sue Lee and Phyllis Shamamoto. I'm Sue Lee, and I'm one of the founders of the Sake to Sake campaign. And I was shopping for Thanksgiving dinner on Tuesday in 2011, and it was 7 o'clock at night. And all I'm thinking about is cat hair on the furniture and who's coming for dinner, and I'm not thinking anything else. And just like that, yellow block letters with a red outline written in my head, it said Sakatum Sock Campaign. And it, I knew nothing about socks, I knew nothing about the homeless, and that banner kept going. And I went out to the car and I called Phyllis Shimamoto. Yes, she called me <laughs> and she says, you're never going to believe what I heard in the grocery store. And I, I said, I've got to hear this story. So she proceeded to tell me what the story was that she had in the, that the download that she got in the grocery store that day. And so we decided to collect socks with our girlfriends until the end of December. And we got 575 pair in that first week in January in... 2012. Yeah. And we actually <laughs> thought that that was going to be our one good deed and then that would be it. But what we found out was when we took the socks to the two or three different agencies, they told us socks are the most requested item and the least donated. And I'll never forget the day that we were there. It was very, very cold. And we looked at each other and we said, we need to make it as big as we can. And she said, we'll call everybody who helps us sock ambassadors. And so sock ambassadors, we use a very grassroots effort because we want to get people engaged in learning about the home people who are experiencing homelessness. So sock ambassadors are those people who collect socks whenever they want, from whoever they want, for as long as they want, and our youngest is four. <laughs> you can sign up on our website, which is socket2omsockcampaign.org and get involved. We have people donating, collecting, anyone can collect socks all they have to do is say yes how easy is that and when they get the, bring them in and we're we happen to be located in denver but we have had sock ambassadors in 40 states so if someone is in denver we get the socks from them and we count them sort them and bag them if they're in another location they get they obtain the socks new socks only they sort them by men women and children and then they call up an agency or shelter and they're always shocked because every time they call, people go, yes, we need socks, please bring them down. And then they get engaged and they take them down to the shelter service or agency. So one of the things that we always thought about is that those people who are listening, most everybody out there, you have a sock drawer, we have a sock drawer, and we go to our sock drawer every day. But people who are out there who are in need, they don't. And those children, there's 2.5 million children who are experiencing homelessness in the United States, and they go to school. And so we're trying to get sock drawers in Title I schools all across the country. And it's really very simple that people can collect socks and you want to tell about what a sock drawer actually looks like and where they can obtain one? Absolutely. So it's a three drawer plastic cart with rollaway wheels and you can buy them at the local stores. And we have all kinds of people collecting, like we're starting to have 
Girl Scout troops collecting who've contacted us and they want to get involved. And Title I schools are those schools that are at low income or below. We've heard so many stories of all of these kids going to school without adequate clothing, shoes, and socks on their feet. So all of these people get to have an opportunity to adopt a school and put a sock drawer in the school so these kids can have socks on their feet when they, when they get to the classroom. And imagine a school doing a sock campaign and collecting socks, because usually kids bring in socks for children, and knowing that some children who are in need, they can go and simply get a pair of socks from a sock drawer when they need it, just like kids at home. So the way people can really get involved, of course, financially is always a way, and there's a way directly on our website that people can support us financially, which helps us to be able to keep doing what we do and all, everybody else all across the country. But there's, they could get involved by talking to other people about it, by getting their churches involved, their synagogues involved. They can do No Sock Sunday, No Sock Sabbath, getting schools involved, getting their communities involved. We just really want people to know how important it is that socks are the number one clothing need and foot issues are the number one reason people go to the emergency room. I think we have seen the need over the years that we have been doing this, and the need is incredible, not only in the world, but right here in the U.S., and we can all do something to give back, no matter what it is. And I think sometimes we can all say, oh, well, I don't, I can't do that because it's too big, but just start wherever you're at. If you have an idea, just start. I just have to think back when I was a child and I could have been one of those kids. My family qualified for welfare my whole life. And we grew up on a farm so we could have all the food we needed. And I could have been one of those kids who was actually on the street. And I just think of the need that's out there and I think there's a little heart, child heart, in every single person who's out there, whether they're an adult who's experiencing homelessness or whether it's a child. And I just have to think it could have been me. Follow your intuition, because that's exactly what <laughs> Sue did. And, and if you have an idea, take it and run with it. We don't always have to have everything planned out. So that's what I would say. You don't always have to have your, all your ducks lined up in a row. Use your networking group. Use the women you know, the men you know, the other people you know, and say, how did you do it? Because we had to become a 501c3 and fill out the forms and the paperwork and all that. And, and if we can do it, anybody else can do it. It is magic. Thank you for listening to Sister Stories, part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. We are women who amplify our voices and are committed to inspiring people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more, globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.